Welcome into week two, episode two of Risers and Followers, presented by Mojo and the Mojo Podcast Network. I'm joined in with another very handsome guest, a great friend, Dalton Cates. How are we doing, man? Dude, thank you, man. That was that was very kind of you. I appreciate it. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Made my day. Made my day. Um, yeah, dude. Think things are good. Things things are popping, man. The Mojo just launched. Uh, dude, Monday. the Mojo launch is insane. I love yeah. it. Only thing that can make it better is is Kyle Pitts having having a breakout game on Wednesday. Dude, Kyle Pitts doing anything would be fantastic. I mean, I invested so many. I have so many Kyle Pitts shares across all my fantasy leagues. I have you know a lot of emotional ties riding on Kyle Pitts too. I've talked to a lot of my friends, like Akash and I, on Twitter DMs, talking about how we we would have invested in Mojo if we could, you know, at a share price currently, and he just hasn't done it yet. Are you concerned? Real quick, before we jump into our segments today, no. No, I'm not either. I think I think the yeah. talent will find a way to win out in the end, as you know, it always does, right? Yeah, it happens. It happens. Good players have bad games, and right? Bad Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have two segments this week again, as we did last week. Two different ones, though. We're going to be talking players that we are stashing, and then four players we're going to go through for long or short. Let's start off with stash season. Stash season. All right, man. Who are you stashing right now? David Bell. David Bell. I love him. He is uh look at he's that. He dropped twenty one percent, man. So he's at four dollars twenty two cents. He's just a really interesting prospect, and especially like for a third round, uh, third round pick. Like we know it's probably going to take time for him to see the field. Um, and you know, rookie wide receivers they they tend to produce more in the second half of the season. So I'm not like too discouraged by his usage right now. He did run twelve routes, which is more than what. He ran in the first game. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a great week one, but week two only saw one target. We know that that there's going to be some opportunity for him. Like they utilized Bell in the slot when primarily when he was on the field. So outside of Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, you can both play outside. Like there's definitely room for him in 11 personnel sets. Once Deshaun Watson comes back, uh, that's just an elite quarterback tied to David Bell. Uh, David Bell as an 18-year-old in college uh, broke out and uh had just great production in his college career which is something that is is a very good signal he declared early for the draft is only 21 years old his is comparable coming out like he didn't necessarily test athletically at the combine but we tend to know that that doesn't matter as much for wide receivers um a comparable player for me heading into the the draft was keenan allen so keenan allen ran a 4 7 40 was productive at 18 years old in college um was drafted also in the third round and fell a little bit because of that athleticism concerns. And the, the main difference between Bell and Keenan was Keenan kind of came out as, as a rookie and just, and just balled out. Um, and we aren't seeing that playing time necessarily with David Bell, but he does have that profile. And and for players, especially in the third round, the guys that we tend to see, um, you know, like outproduce their draft position, he fits, he checks a lot of those boxes. So, so I'm excited about him. Right, absolutely not. I love this pick for a few reasons, but the main one that you highlighted was the return of Deshaun Watson and what's, what that's going to do for his share price on Mojo. I think if he has one big game with Deshaun Watson down the stretch this season for Cleveland, his share price could go way up on a big week. I think we could see it increase over 20% if he had a huge game, uh, especially with Watson. I think the long-term ties of the quarterback there in Cleveland is really enticing for people to you know go out there and invest in him. Um, and, you know, I, I totally agree with you. He was one of my favorite deeper prospects coming out of this draft class. I really I really enjoy his game, and I hope that he sees a higher target share throughout the season as things get deeper into the year, and he hopefully are, like ultimately carves out a role as the wide receiver too 
in Cleveland. I love the pick, man. Love the pick. All right, let's get into my stash here. It's going to be one of my one of my favorites. Uh, you know, crossing my fingers, guys, to break out. I'll just I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett. Um, I think he has a big opportunity to go out there and really show what he's capable of this season with the slow start to the year from Mitch Trubisky. Oh, Ryan Tannehill get benched for the Tennessee Titans this week against the Bills on primetime. It would not surprise me if Mitch Trubisky gets benched sometime soon if this offense does not start producing. You know, there are high expectations in Pittsburgh. And as you can see over the last 24 hours, Kenny Pickett's stock is going up. 4% increase over the last 24 hours. I think there is a little bit of buzz happening in Pittsburgh, seeing the struggling offense for the Steelers to start off the year. Maybe signs are pointing towards a Kenny Pickett, you know, getting on the field here. And if he does, if the moment he touches the field, his stock will increase. I also, also, I just buy into the talent. I really like this film. I think he's a guy who was kind of underrated coming into the draft. Honestly, um, I think his, his stock kind of fell just because Malik Willis's hype was so big coming up to the, coming up to the actual draft and he fell down draft boards. It was a really weird round one draft night. Kenny Pickett was the only guy I felt confident putting a first round grade on from this year's draft class. I like Pickett, and I think that he's really underpriced right now. What do you think? Yeah, about he has that? a lot of weapons too. That's the thing is he has, he has so many weapons there, right? And right. and one thing that's interesting too is we tend to see quarterbacks who are rookies tend to start either like coming out of buys or something like that. But look, they play tomorrow night. That's 10 days before their next game afterwards. If Mitch Trubisky has another bad game, like it, it would be reasonable to assume that there's a chance that Kenny Pickett does start. And then, you know, when that happens, like before he even plays a snap, like his share price is going to, you know, bump up a little bit just based off in the market expectations. So that's exactly. essentially get ahead of. And even if there is no strong rumors coming out saying, hey, you know, they might bench Trubisky. Even, as long as can, Trubisky continues to play poorly, which I expect him to because he just is Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, Pickett's share price is going to continue to rise just based off pure speculation of the market, as you mentioned. So I think it's a pretty safe long-term investment at this point, honestly. I think that the second he sees the field, his price should likely increase unless he goes out there and pulls a Nathan Peterman on us or something. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not he's still going to get playing time regardless. Right. <laughs> absolutely. As, he's going to get the playing time, and when he does, I think his price is definitely going to go up. All right, let's jump into our next segment here. Long or short, I have a few players here I want to get your opinion on. Long or short. All right, the first player I want to get your thoughts on here, Dalton, is going to be Kenneth Walker the third rookie running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Down 7% over the last week on Mojo. Current share price of $8.24. The relationship with he and Rashad Penny is pretty interesting so far. What do you think about his long-term outlook? Oh, dude, you got to be excited about Kenneth Walker, man. Like, dude, in college, this guy was a freaking beast, like running the ball. He's only 21 years old. We see we age matters for running backs, right? Like right. he's coming in. We know that there's a certain, you know, prime that you have as a running back. And we start to see once once running backs hit 25, 26, 27, that's when they start to decline a little bit. So you want to be investing in those young guys now because their best years, honestly, are usually in the first like three to four years of their career. Um, it was his first game back. That's the thing. It's his first game back. And we know with rookies too, unless like you're a top 10 pick or like a Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, like you're just, you're, you're just not going to see playing time like we expect right off the bat. Like even Brees Hall, like was actually pretty good for a second round rookie. He's um, a really and, good prospect for a second round rookie. Right. And he's still not even like the full time. Like Jonathan, you remember Jonathan Taylor's rookie year? He it Very took him well. like, dude, it took him like until even when Marlon Mack got hurt, he was still splitting with Naheem Hines. Even at the beginning of last year, 
the beginning of last year, Jonathan Taylor ran for eighteen hundred yards. It's yeah. still like he was still playing fifty percent of the snaps. Like, hey, and look at Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon right now too. Right, literally. So the thing is, like, we just we have we have to be patient with right. him, and especially when you're comparing him to a lot of the other running backs on the list. Like, he has the talent profile to maybe not like Nick Chubb, but like a tier below. Like the the same, the same way we viewed J.K. Dobbins coming out. Mm-hmm. Like he's J.K. Dobbins without that like serious injuries coming back from. And he's also you know, a full like year, year and a half younger than him. So, right. so I, th- I think, I think he might actually be probably the best running back by on Mojo wow. right now, considering wow. all that. Um, right. The biggest concern, right? The biggest concern, Luke, we saw this last time the Seahawks drafted a running back. Oh no, don't give me the You remember Penny. what happened with that, right? Don't do it. Don't do it to me. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's happening. Cause look, look, Rashad Penny, he thrived at the end of last year. So, you know, maybe it's yeah. going to take four years for Kenneth Walker to finally get the job. But I'll say this: I was, I was, I was encouraged with his usage in his first game back. Um, it was a very weird game script, so we didn't get to like fully get to see everything. So I think I'm very curious to see over the next couple of weeks how they split between Penny and Walker. But if, if Walker in four or five weeks from now is seeing more time than Penny, like it's it's wheels up for Walker. It really. Oh, is. absolutely. I, I think the major thing for Walker, like as you mentioned, is the talent for me. I, I, I mean, watching his film. I feel like you can say that on the ground, just as a pure rusher, he's he's comparable to Brees Hall in terms of talent. Someone argue maybe even better. I mean, the speed is elite in terms of running back speed. I mean, under sub four four forty guy. I mean, this guy is electric in the open field. I think once he gets the opportunity, I totally agree. I think it's wheels up for Kenneth Walker long term. And at his current his current price of what was it eight twenty four of, of the time of this recording. I mean, that's great value in my opinion. I think he's a great long term buy. Absolutely. All right, let's go over to our next long or short candidate here. It's going to be Desmond Ritter, rookie quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Over the last week, his share price is up 21%. Maybe some market speculation about the poor performance of Marcus Mariota. Uh, what do you think about Ritter long-term? Um, I, long, long-term, I have concerns. And, and my biggest concern is I think the Falcons are just going to be so bad that they're, they're probably going to be in a position to draft a quarterback last year or next year. It might and be. The, thing is, the thing is, when you draft a quarterback in the third round, like it – it doesn't show that that you like like this guy enough to draft him in in the first round and we tend to see those guys not necessarily see a lot of playing time and and if they do see playing time they have to play that much better than the expectations in order for them to start seeing work like davis mills i think is a perfect example of somebody who exceeded his expectations last year based on his on field performance and then they went ahead and they didn't draft a quarterback. I think it was mainly just because it was a bad quarterback class. So that, that was part of the reason why they stuck with Davis Mills. But, like, that is kind of what you need out of Ritter. The good thing is, and the best thing about this is, he has, he has Drake London. He has Kyle Pitts as his goal. Great so foundation he, there. Literally. So if, you, if, if he sees the field, let's say halfway through the season, and he starts performing somewhat well and starts feeding those guys, like – it's reasonable to expect that he might be better than we think just based off of having those like Drake London is looking like he's going to be an elite wide receiver at some point in the league. And as a rookie, he's looking like he's going to break out. Kyle Pitts is in that same boat as well. So like having both those guys. Kyle Pitts already has his gold jacket getting made. Like he has his gold jacket made. He hasn't put it on yet this year. I mean, I think, I think they put it to the dry cleaners right now. So he's got to go pick it up this week and then, then we can go uh, see him roll it out uh, pregame to, to week three against the, uh, I think we're playing Seattle this week. So yeah, but I love it, man. I, I I agree with a lot of what you just said. Long term, not the biggest fan of Ritter, but I think short term he could be an interesting speculative speculative you know go along candidate for me. Kind of similar to Kenny Pickett. If Mariota continues to play poorly, speculative you know 
boosting into his stock. And if he sees the field, obviously a big jump coming for, for Ritter. All right, two more here for you. Two Steelers. We'll start off with this guy first. Najee Harris, long-term, how you feeling? Over the last week, down 14.45%, down $2.35. 1391 just under 14 bucks right now at the share price. Thoughts on Najee? Yeah, I mean – that's that that's a big drop in price. <laughs> um, it's 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 pretty big. I, I I'm still hesitant long term. I, th- I think that share price is definitely a lot better than than where he was at before. I think I think there's a couple issues when it comes to Harris. One is he's already 24 years old, um, right. so he's not an exactly like a, a young running back. And and two is he's dealing with like this list frantic like injury where we're you know, medic, I'm not a medical doctor, but I listen to, to some people who are medical doctors and they're saying like, there, there's a chance of re-injury here. So right. um, in a scenario, it, like it's possible that he gets hurt and, and he has to be sidelined for a little longer. And I'm also curious about the talent as well. Like we haven't seen Najee necessarily like on an individual running back basis, like be better than like an average running back so far. Uh, he also has a very bad offensive line um, there. So for me, like when, when it comes, especially when you're, when you're comparing him to other players on Mojo, like for example, Kenneth Walker is 21 years old and Najee Harris is like f- almost like $6 more than him. And he's three years younger. Um, we Kenneth Walker legitimately is probably like an individual better running back than Najee Harris. Um, so I think, I think when it comes to that, that that's kind of why I, I tend to fade Najee at that, but his price is definitely more manageable at, at that than what it was before. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. This offensive line is the main problem for Najee, in my opinion. He just has nowhere, nowhere to go. But also, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, both of those things combined are really bad with his the way he runs, his style of running, and the offensive line. He kind of has some shades of Le'Veon Bell to him in the sense of like he doesn't explode to the hole. He kind of sits he's and waits for things to develop. He's a very patient back, and it kind of plays against him with the offensive line where he's pretty inefficient with his carries. When he gets an open field, he looks great. He's hurling yes. people, stiff-arming people into the shadow realm, but he has no room to get going. And that's the main problem for Najee for me. I think his workload's very consistent, which is great. Yeah. I don't think he's going to ever be horrible in the NFL. I think he has a very consistent workload, workhorse-level workload. It's just the offensive line, and if he can stay healthy, and if he can do both those things, well, if he gets a better offensive line and stays healthy, I think he's a fine buy at his current price. Um, but you know the age definitely plays a factor. I think we don't see him get resigned in Pittsburgh. There's no way. I think at most he gets his fifth year option picked up and then he hits the road. Um, but I'm interested to see how the rest of his career in Pittsburgh plays out. All right, one more for you here. Wrap up the show. Pat Fryermuth, uh, Steelers tight end, eight dollars and ninety one cents, which I found to be pretty cheap compared to some other tight end prices. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, up one percent over the last week shocking he's he's gone up nine cents ladies and gentlemen at eight dollars and 91 cents nine cents shy of nine dollars uh what do you think about Fryman's future in pittsburgh hasn't been encouraging usage to start the year so far yeah no i i i do like fryermuth i do um i don't think he's this elite level tight end but he can be this very like serviceable like tight end who's starting for the next decade like like right. like a, like imagine like a jason witten but like this maybe not as, 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 as exactly not like not like a long like the less longevity Jason Witten like that's what made Jason Witten so good is he played for so long and he was this guy that like you're like okay he's very like reliable like week in week out and especially when he had Tony Romo there like that naturally elevated um, his talent so everyone in Pittsburgh every every Steelers fan is like he's literally just Heath Miller too 
Like, right? Dude, he's he's another good one too, right? Like, he's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to be Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, but he's a reliable, consistent playmaking option on the offense. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think that that's what makes him interesting, and especially what we've seen so far through two weeks is it's very like concentrated target share right now. Right. It's Deontay Claypool and Frymuth, and I'm curious to see what happens with Pickens and how that evolves. But one thing that can really elevate Frymuth is is Pickett is good. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how good he's going to be. Right. Um, but if you know, would they have a good quarterback there like that? That could really help Frymuth a ton. And that's my thing is I don't, I don't have a full strong opinion on a, on a buy or sell for him. I think I think I'm mm. probably rather more like on the hold side with him. Right. Um, but I'm I'm really curious to see how he does because I, I think I think he's a, he's a fun player. He's a fun player for sure. He is a fun player. He's made a lot of splash plays so far earlier in the season for Pittsburgh, which I was not expecting as a Steelers fan. Um, I thought George Pickens was going to get more involved, and I also was kind of off Fryermuth heading into the year. But it's kind of shown that Fryermuth has become the big play option in this offense, which I was not really expecting. Um, I think he's had some of the bigger plays of any of the Steelers receiving options so far this year, which is interesting. But, yeah, uh, that's going to put a bow on the show here, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out to the second episode of Risers and Followers, or if you're listening to the, 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 the recording of this episode or watching the VOD, make sure you subscribe and uh, drop a follow on every platform that you're listening to. Leave a review, leave a comment, leave a like, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Dalton, thank you so much again for coming on, man. Thank see you, everybody. Man. Goodbye.